Ah, I love that song. I'm trying that out as the intro. I love Robert DeLong. It's a great song. Kind of sums up how I feel about a lot of stuff and how I'd like us to be more revolutionary and more self-empowered. And that's kind of the goal of this podcast. So I'm calling it the master of zilch. Jack of all trades, master of none. Master of None was taken, so I'm going with Master of Zilch. We'll call it Maz for short. I'm your host, Trev Montavon. Thank you for joining me. I have a lot of amazing people lined up, and more and more each day are coming um, that want to be on the podcast, that have a lot to offer. Today, we are joined by Enna Eden, and I'm going to let her give her own introduction, but she's a wonderful woman um, with so much knowledge and wisdom to offer. And if you're interested in any of the topics that she discusses today, I highly recommend checking her out. Her links will be in the description below. And uh, thank you for joining the Master of Zilch. And I look forward to providing more and more content like this for you coming up. I just want to let you know we have, um, I'm interviewing Miguel Connor later today. That's the plan, at least, but I I do think it's going to happen. I mean, he's, yeah, it's going to happen. So he's awesome. He hosts Aeon Bite, which is a podcast. If you haven't heard of it, it's awesome. It's about Gnosticism. Highly recommend checking it out. Um, I got some other really cool people lining up and uh, much more to come. So thanks for joining us. Um, This is the Master of Zilch. And without further ado, Anna Eden. Today we are joined by Anna Eden. Uh, she is an amazing lady. She, um, I love her story. Um, I love her her transition she made to the to the woman that she is that you see today. Uh, she's an inspiration, and I will uh, just let her. Do a little bit of the, more of the talking. Um, Anna, can you tell us a little bit about you, your life, um, what brought you here, and uh, and then also I'd, I'd like to know a little bit about what you do for a living. Mm, yeah, thank you so much. Nice to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Anna. I am from Sweden originally. I'm based in Bali right now. Uh, I'm a relationship and intimacy coach. So I work with men and women, uh, helping them to create more conscious relationships and explore sacred sexuality and really tap into their life force energy and reach their highest potential as humans, as lovers, as partners. So yeah, that's my, that's my passion. (laughs) And I could talk for hours about, you know, sex and relationships and uh, those dynamics. Um, Yeah. Uh, how I got here to this uh, job, you mean? Well, or um, I, I just love your story of like your journey. And if you don't, if you want to share it, great. If you don't, yeah. um, but like, you know, kind of your, your, you know what I'm talking about? Like where yeah. you went from kind of being not in this empowered state that you are now, but like how you got there. Right. Yeah. So just to paint, uh, paint your picture right now, I, yeah, I see myself as a tantric woman. I live uh, with life force every day. I'm really turned on by life. <laughs> uh, it's not like I don't have any problems, but I'm really in an amazing place in terms of my body and my sexuality and how I'm feeling with myself. And it hasn't always been like that. So about 10 years ago, a little bit more, I went through a breakup. And at that time in my life, I really hated my body. Like I was not connected to my body at all. A lot of body shame. I didn't like um, the shape of my body. I didn't like how I was feeling. And I was like pretty much obsessed with food, you know, like trying to lose weight and trying to control everything. And I was also in a relationship that wasn't, um, yeah, there was not much passion left. There was actually not much sex left at all. So I even thought that I was asexual. I thought, okay, sex is not for me. 
I don't like it, this is life, and I was devastated. Every time I broke up with a guy, I was devastated, and my only purpose in life was to have a relationship and like lock someone in, you know? Mm-hmm. So after that breakup, I started dancing, actually. So I already danced a bit of salsa, I started dancing bachata, and I discovered kisumba, which is a couple dance from Angola originally. Uh, it's a very sensual, rhythmic dance, and kisumba really opened up my sensuality and took me to new places. And I always say that Kisumba led me to Tantra because it's it's truly tantric when you have this connection and you're breathing together and you're like, wow, you fly to other places that's like not even here. Um, Yeah, so the dancing part and then I, yeah, I went, I started going to retreat, seeking help, seeking support, seeking inspiration. You know, when you're just like this um, sponge, you're just like, oh, what is this? What is that? Like when you're on your spiritual half so i would say my spiritual awakening happened here and then my sexual awakening happening happened at the same time i started to tune into my true desires like what do i really want what kind of men am i attracted to and how does it feel in my body you know i started to unleash like the animal in me i started to connect deeper to my body and at the same time i found myself having all my friends were like mediums all of a sudden <laughs> i'm like why am i hanging out all my friends were like very spiritual connected to the spirit world and i actually got a lot of guidance from them um so i developed my own spiritual side and you know i started reading the power of now and that really opened up for me uh, a lot for me so you know how it is when you're like on this path and you meet people on the way who are like oh read this book and then like oh come to this workshop and it's like throwing in stuff and yeah, it was about, yeah, it was during many years that I, I I was on this path. And, you know, when the spiritual path connects with the sexual path, that that is like Tantra. So it just like exploded for me. I'm like, oh, I understand what life is about right now. So um, anyways, I've, all, over all these years, I've been working quite corporate jobs and I've been a high achiever. It's been very stressful. I put a lot of pressure on myself during all these years. And uh, eventually it led to burnout. So about three years ago, yeah, three, four years ago, I, um, I worked at the um, social media agency in Amsterdam and my body just shut down. I, um, I had a bleeding on my eardrum. I was sick all the time. I was exhausted. I didn't have any energy and I had to leave work for nine months to recover. And yeah, this time was really a blessing. And this is also when I learned that we got to listen to the body, like the body knows. <laughs> and if we don't listen, it's going to punish us, you know? So yeah, that's when I learned, like whenever there's an imbalance, the body will manifest symptoms and try to speak to us. So I realized I have to make a change, like this cannot continue. And um, yeah, I was feeling very low. Uh, I was feeling like quite happy. I think my life was pretty good but uh, i was i just didn't have any energy i felt like something is not right and that's when i hired a coach actually I hired my first coach and she helped me tremendously she helped me to shift my life around boom it was yeah she really saw my my power and my potential and she's like banana like what's your passion like what are you here to do <laughs> like yeah i'm here to help people like i want to I want to dive into, you know, sexuality and relationships. This is my passion. This is what I already help all my friends with all the time. So she helped me to step into coaching and really tap into my own own power. And then I started to break free from, yeah, stuff like apartments, clothes, things. And I, I packed my bags and I moved to Bali. And this is where I am now. And um, yeah, you know, it's a it's a lesson that every breakup is actually a very uh, great chance for transformation so that's why i actually think breakups are good for people it's like a huge invitation to learn something and expand and then um yeah the journey with the body uh that has become my path really so um yeah (laughs) thank you for sharing i just love the fact that you went did you i mean I've seen you mention before where you were like kind of like a ultra not ultra but like more of a feminist and 
in the sense oh, of yeah. like oh yes um <laughs> i grew up in sweden you know um very strong um equality in sweden you know between men and women which be equal and i grew up as a very like opinionated person i would say i always had strong opinions i was always fighting for justice in different ways and truth in different ways all of this truth like changed over my life but there was a time my teenage years that i was like a very strong feminist and i was researching and i was like demonstrating and i was like fighting 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 and now in retrospect i see that what was i fighting like who was i fighting you know and in a way to show up like that and be so angry you also automatically angry at all the men basically and you know how do you manifest relationships if you're coming from that kind of energy so but yeah i was really a feminist i didn't believe that men and women were actually different i thought we were, we were born the same and it's just social conditioning so i was trying to always have like equality in my relationships in the bedroom and everything i had past relationships where we were really like okay you you clean the bathroom i do the vacuuming and then next week we swap and it has to be like equal and i was also like okay i want to drive the car as much as you drive the car because i want to be like a strong woman you know and it's not necessarily something wrong but i can see now that it blocked the magical polarity so it was only a few years ago that i started to realize like oh the men need a purpose in women's lives you know and we are actually not the same <laughs> we're not and and what is this feminine and masculine energy you know and how does it work so i started to wow like throw myself into that and like feel the truth in that and letting go of this feminism and i also see now that i mean of course there's different opinions about this but in my view i think feminism is a it's almost like an agenda, you know, there, there's, a, there's a purpose of uh, separating people and creating this sense of separation and they're so unequal, you know, and what does it do to us as men and women in a natural state? Well, it removes the natural state of being fem feminine and masculine. So I did a whole, yeah, 180 degree turn, like from this side to that side. And I, yeah, that's just my, how my life happened. And it taught me so much. And yeah, I'm very grateful I, for that. But I also understand people who are on the other side because I used to be there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, one thing that comes to mind when you mention it is just the idea that the feminine energy is like, I, I love the Tao Te Ching, um, which is a spiritual book. It's 81 passages. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with it. It's, but um, it, the Tao is like its description of what, what religion would call God. But it's this like, non-anthropomorphized it's not a guy up in the sky casting yeah. thunderbolts on people you know it's this all-knowing all-loving uh feminine energy really it like at the at the core it's feminine and it gives birth it's the mother of all things it gives birth to all of creation and and in the in in studying the Tao, and i, I really like wayne dyer's uh book change your thoughts change your life and it's his commentary on the Tao um he talks about the fact that it's 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 um deceiving or it's like um counterintuitive almost like a spiritual paradox but the feminine energy is where the real power is the power of surrender and the power of allowing and the power of compassion and kindness and empathy um those are all more feminine qualities and that's where the true power lies and I think this feminist agenda, I think a lot of it came from, um, I'm going to have him on. I haven't gotten him to agree to it yet, but Alex Akiris has a podcast called Skeptico. And um, he's the first place that I heard about where it was Gloria Steinem, who was, she was outed as a CIA operative and she admitted to it in the seventies. And the feminist movement was a different movement before she joined it. And she was like the leading voice. Then they kind of propped her up. And she's the one that kind of turned it around, twisted it so that it was basically women trying to be men almost, you know, you're trying to take on all the masculine roles. And it was a social engineering, uh, call it operation, whatever you want to call it. I mean, they, they do these things 
in order to separate us, to mm. take us out of our natural state, away from our our natural blueprint. And um, and I just I love when I hear about women that that saw the truth more so. And I'm not saying that like women can't have masculine traits as well, but I I just I think that a lot of times um, we get in we get conditioned and think that like you're saying basically you get conditioned and you start getting into these patterns and you look around you and you see a lot of other people doing the same thing and it's this re it, it reinforces yeah I'm right I'm I'm doing it right like I think people are starting to wake up um but I still see a lot of it in America a lot of it yeah yeah I see it too and also I, I think it was also it brought a lot of good things of course like women couldn't vote before like women didn't have the same right I think it was I just want to say that I think it was still like an important movement for women's rights but it got twisted it, it, it went into something else and like you say like when we have this dynamics of it's almost like comparing and like women feel like they have to be men or like have to embody masculine traits to be treated equally at the workplace or have a say in a boardroom you know instead of seeing that the qualities of feminine is also valuable and it's okay for a woman to embody feminine leadership and that's as valued as a masculine leadership you know yeah i mean it's it's i really do agree with wayne dyer and his commentary on the dial that it, it it technically is more powerful if you really want to get down to it right it's, it's the more powerful energy it's it's the when we lose the the feminine, like I mean, it's not going to lose either one, and we're losing the masculine on the on the male side too. You know, they're trying to turn men into women and emasculate us and lower our testosterone, and that's not good because that's when they can do all kinds of things. But um, yeah, but uh, you said something that that brought something up to me. I mean, so basically, I think that. I, I agree with you that there was a lot of things that good things that came out of the movement, but I think those things would have come had Gloria Steinem and the CIA not infiltrated it. And they probably would have came more naturally and flowed mm -hmm. more and it would have happened quicker. And they kind of pushed everything back, which is fine. I mean, everything's happening for a reason, but mm -hmm. um, I'm just thankful that we're starting to see uh, a return back to like, that healthy polarity I, I it's it's we're still in the early stages if you ask me but um but i definitely see so signs of to be optimistic yeah yeah and like honoring each other as divine masculine and divine feminine i think that is the key you know in relationships in the family in the shop at the workplace can we see each other as these like divine beings and holding the divine masculine divine feminine that that will change the world i think yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I totally agree with that. Like, I think that's the, I, I've, I've wanted to help in so many ways over the years. I've, you know, gotten involved with politics and, you know, we got a bill passed in the Illinois House and Senate back in like 2013 that separated commercial investment banking. And that's great. Like, it would have been great to have that done on the federal level. It would have like probably had some positive effects, but I really believe that this changing each of us changing ourselves on an individual level and realizing some of these like universal truths basically and and like not resisting them anymore just allowing them to manifest in our lives like you start to go with that flow more and it, you don't have to fight so much you know mm, yeah the fighting it's tiring <laughs> uh, one question i had for you um uh so it kind of goes along with what we're saying. I mean, so do you think like, and this has been my experience, I've, I've talked to other men. Um, do you think that like a man embodying a healthy masculine state is like kind of almost seen sometimes as a threat to women who are in that more like fake feminist like energy, you know, like where it's like, um, there's a couple different things I'm thinking about here. So mm -hmm. if he's in a healthy masculine state, he's he's taking charge, you know, and a lot of times women in that, I don't want to call it fake feminism, it's kind of a derogatory term, but basically like it is kind of fake feminism, you know, it's like, and so 
do you see sometimes where like it's um it's almost seen like as a threat to women who are in that state and and then also if a man's in a more healthy masculine energy he tends to be a little more in tune with his feminine as well you know he's he's got his polarity working a little bit better mm. and i think like do you think it's possible that like women also see that and and like are almost triggered by it sometimes because they they intuitively know that they're not in touch with their own feminine energy and when they see a man who's not not in a weak way like not low testosterone way but like in a healthy way connected to his feminine energy do you think that that almost can be like a trigger for women yeah i think it can be a clash at least because let's say this scenario it's almost like the the this feminist or like the woman's inner feminine she's not like so, so connected to her maybe uh let's say this is the scenario and then yeah. let's say the man then his inner feminine might be even more developed than her inner feminine you know so the polarity is like yeah it will be like a clash and i think threat yeah or just misunderstandings because i can take an example from my own life uh, a few years ago i dated a man who was very tantric actually he didn't say that he was tantric. he just you know people who just are <laughs> and i discovered a lot of energy stuff and like yeah like seeing colors when touching him and things like that it was really truly amazing and he told me he was like i want to be the provider in a relationship and i was like what what do you mean what do you mean provider and i felt like attacked i felt like what is this and like putting up this wall like what do you mean provider it feels like old-fashioned that's what i said though like isn't that old-fashioned and like no i want to be able to take care of my family my wife blah, blah, blah. i want to bring in the money to the family and i remember sitting in that moment i felt triggered but i also felt that i learned something it sparked something in me so that was a perfect point of growth for me on this journey like curious like i'm expanding meeting him and like having this little trigger, but at the same time, like opening up to, hmm, but what is this? And that helped me a lot. Like that little moment just helped me a lot. Um, because yeah. it doesn't have to be <laughs> anything bad. But yeah, so I, I totally get it. They, they can definitely be a clash, threat, I don't know, but I also don't think it might, you attract each other if you're very much in this like fighting, injustice, uh, and embodying maybe more masculine qualities as a woman, meeting a, a man who has his inner union balance, I'm, maybe it will match, maybe not. I don't know. Probably not. Um, so, I, I guess another question I have for you is, um, and this just kind of came up, but when we're talking about empathy, right? Um, one thing I kind of noticed is like, when you think about it, for a man these days, right? Like, and I, I, I want to make this ultra, ultra clear that I am not trying to come from a victim standpoint here. I'm just painting like the reality that as I see it. And I sent you um, a post from a woman. Uh, she's um, a white American woman, so it's different hearing it from her versus from me. But. Uh, she she talked about how like it's like you're pushing men out of the the whole picture like if you're taking over all the roles of a man and it's impossible for a man to take over the roles of a woman i mean like i can't create a child inside my body it's not going to happen science i don't think is ever going to figure that out and i really hope they never do because that seems like it would be a scary day uh but um so it's like if I'm not the protector, I'm not the provider, um, and you know, and if I am like compassionate and kind and caring, then that's seen a lot of times as like a weakness. You know, what role are men left to play? Like, what are we? We're just, you know, what I mean, and I and I feel like that's part of the reason we're seeing this rise in antidepressants, anti-anxiety. I mean, we're we're every year we're setting records for uh unprecedented levels of that especially in demographics like women in their 20s and 30s you know like i mean that's that's a that's a red flag i think if we need if we need to, i'm pretty mm -hmm. sure it's a red flag. so 
Um, and then you also have the decline in the population growth rate. You have uh, the increase in divorce rate. Um, you have the increase in women who are single into their 40s um, and they're successful. I mean, I, I've met some of these women. I, I, I'll give you a little bit, a quick story. I could give you plenty of stories from my dating experience. Um, but uh, one, I, I met this woman. So, well, we met on a, on a dating app, right? And um, she's beautiful. She seemed pretty nice, you know, just from the initial interaction. We talked on the phone one night, um, her, her suggestion. Um, and then via text, um, it was as I was um, transitioning from, I was working at a restaurant in addition to doing the tax credits that I do now. And so the restaurant was in, like a supplemental income because I needed a steady income because these commissions take a long time. And so basically, um, I had just finished up training for the last jo restaurant job I was working at. Um, and uh, she she asked what I was doing that day. And I said, I'm, I'm studying for, you know, training for this restaurant job. And she was like, there was like a three hour pause. She comes back. She was an actuary or she was an actuarial manager. I guess she managed actuaries. She made, I think, pretty good money. She had a condo downtown St. Petersburg. Anyway, she um, she uh, she texted me back after a few hours and she said, look, I just want to be completely honest. Um, the last guy that I dated, uh, it didn't work out. He basically wasn't making nearly as much money as I am. And I'm looking for someone who is as successful or more successful than me. So no offense, but um, I don't think this is going to work out. So I said, you know, it's totally, that's your prerogative. Um, I, I just let you know that I am, and I didn't, I tried to make it sound as the least amount possible that I was like, no, no, wait, wait, but I, I, I am worthy. You know, I just told her like, well, the tax credits that I do now, uh, I make four or I make five to six figures per commission. Um, these commissions take a long time to pay out, four to seven months from the IRS. And uh, so in order to maintain a steady income on top of that, I'm doing this. And she texts me back. She's like, I just don't understand why you wouldn't focus full time on this tax credit thing. And I said, I mean, this is what I'm doing. I don't know what to tell you. You know, um, I said, my goal is to make a million dollars before this tax credit is up. And I think I can make a lot more than that. And then that must have been the trigger. And she was like, I said, so are we going to, do you still want to meet up or not? And she's, and she was like, oh yeah, sure. Let's meet up. <laughs> so, so we met up, we met and I probably should have just not met her at that point period, but I did. I like to give people a chance because you never know. You really don't. Mm -hmm. So we met at the market in St. Petersburg, uh, farmer's market. Uh, we were on like the North side of the market. I met her. I had come from the gym and I was in Tampa. So I had to come across the bridge and it was like a 20 minute, 30 minute drive. Had to go to the bathroom because I drink a lot of water when I go to the gym. So I told her that. So we walked five minute walk through the through the market, right? And um, we get to the south side of the market. We're looking for a bathroom and um, the stadium, the minor league baseball stadium that was there. That's the spot where you go to the bathroom. And you had to walk up the ramp and get in, up in there to go to the bathroom. And so five minute walk. I don't remember what we talked about. I think I might have brought up human design, you know? Mm -hmm. And she mm -hmm. wasn't very receptive to it, so I just dropped it, you know. Mm. She, uh, so I tell her I gotta go to the bathroom. I come back down, gone. Even blocked my number, like. Wow. And and so, it's like, um, that that woman that I sent you the post from today, uh, today or yesterday, Emily King is her name, I believe, and she talks about how like, uh, for a man, it's like. I think women don't understand like and i'm not saying it's easy to be a woman either i'm not saying that but like all the reschedules and the ghosting and the all mm -hmm. these things that like women I, I, i'm sure women deal with it as well but like um we have to be the ones to initiate everything we have to be it, it's just like so the reason i am uh going into all this is I I guess I would like to have your take on this like almost like lack of empathy which is like I believe in the past before we got into this place we're at now where it, it I, I believe it came more naturally to women to be to have empathy and to have compassion 
yeah thank you for sharing that I feel that social media in this digital age has changed a lot, you know, because we also have, we think we have so little time. We squeeze in so much and we're so impatient that we don't even have time to like, hey, this doesn't feel in alignment for me. I'm going to leave this date, but I wish you all the best. Like that, it, we're so used to just like block, like remove people on a button, you know. And I think that has an impact in, in real life. And some people can't, they forgot how to behave, like how to be human and how to connect to people and how to be respectful and empathetic, even if we don't want to date them. For well, sure. And a disclaimer, she wasn't like 21 years old. She was like 31. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting, right? How it's just like, oh. <laughs> yeah. But you already felt that it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't 100%. No, it yeah. wasn't. But I would just, I would never do that. You know, mm. I mean, you just no. tell them, hey, you know, I'm not feeling it, you know. But it's, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah, it's like out of that feminine, natural feminine energy, like a, nat a woman in a more natural feminine state would have had a more compassion and just said, you know what, I'm not feeling it. Like, you yeah. Said, yeah, which is fine, you know. Yeah, I always tell people, care. you can always leave. You can leave in the middle of the day. You don't have the obligation to be there, but just be totally. polite and just be honest, be open, and respectful. it's fine. And respect yeah, respectful. Yeah, kind of respectful. Respectful of people's time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I had, wow. I had a couple. Oh yeah, that, that's not even. I I, I could. So you should have a whole podcast about your Travis dating experience. No, seriously, I've had friends tell me like when I lived in Chicago, this is like 10 years ago, and I would tell them stories and it was like they would they would just be like, oh, my God, like, are you kidding me? Like, how right. can you do it? Like, what are you? Yeah. So yeah. on that note, because I, I want to talk about everything in this podcast. So not not this episode necessarily, but I just mean in general on this podcast. On that note, I am uh, planning, not planning, I'm, I'm scheduling um, past life regression, mm -hmm. actually two different women, to make sure that I get it taken care of, because I believe that there's something past life going on for me personally. Like mm -hmm. there's so many anomalies that have happened in my life in the dating world that like, I'm sure it has something to do with my energy or whatever. But from what I've heard, um, there are things that can be holding you back from past lives, past lives. And by just placing your attention on it through a past life regression, it dissolves that that pattern. Mm -hmm. Because this is like getting to the point where it's like, I mean, I, I'm not I, I'm not going to go into it, but it, it's it's unbelievable. Like the 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 events that happen and how they happen and how it just continues to conspire, it's it's quite incredible. And I'm like again, I'm not trying to come from a victim standpoint, but like, it's just it's getting old. <laughs> So anyway, um, yeah, I'm excited to hear what you get out of it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so so I guess one, one question I have for you, like for a man from a biology standpoint, right? Mm -hmm. He um, has, there's the concept of like infinite supply almost where like we are constantly creating the spark of life, you know, like, like the woman has the ability to create the actual life inside their body. Right. Yeah. But we are creating the spark of life and can give that spark to, I mean, if we had to, like we've had to in the past, you know, when we were hunter gatherers and the men would go out and hunt and a lot of them wouldn't come back, then they would have to be able to procreate with multiple women in order to keep the tribe going. Right. Or like after, major wars in the past like not all the men come back and you're not going to just leave 40 50 70 percent of the women not procreating because we're in this one-on-one -on -one relationship thing you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i'm explaining this is um when a man comes across to a woman as like needy or like mm -hmm. um like yeah needy i guess is mm -hmm way to describe it um that it's like he's out of his true masculine energy because if he was embodying it he knew that he's coming from this infinite supply and that that confidence that comes from that knowing that he can continue to create and create and create that he would exude that type of energy and that's way more attractive to a woman than a guy who's like 
in the needy state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. What, what is your question about it? <laughs> uh, my question was like, I guess like, does that, does that, because I like to try to relate things back to like the biology and back uh-huh. to like the blueprint kind of and why, why we're attracted to things like naturally, you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that was a weird question. So the question is if that's, yeah, I don't understand the question. Does it make sense that like a man, like coming from that confident, that place of confidence that like, it's because he knows he has that like potential to continue, you know what I mean? Yeah, like it is, it's from a place of abundance, right? Instead of scarcity, like, oh, I only have one chance. There's only one woman. And like, if if she doesn't want me, I have no one. Like, yeah, it's abundance. It's uh, confidence. And it's also, I think, being tuned into your own uh, purpose and power and like being fucking having an amazing relationship with yourself. And from that place, that is the the rock, you know, and from that place, he can go out and he relates and he creates and he creates relationships. But it's it's not like he's not putting all his worthiness or all his pleasure or all his excitement into a woman. For sure. Well, and from from my experience, uh, as far as like um, the human design stuff is concerned, mm-hmm. uh, the purpose part, where like it, women tend to be more attracted to a man who is embodying his purpose and following his, mm-hmm. you know, um, the five two profile. That's my pro- profile. You know, the mm-hmm. profile is like your life's costume in this life, and I'm gonna have people. I'm just explaining this to the audience, but I'm gonna have people on. Um, I have one woman that has agreed. It's actually your friend that uh, referred you to me originally, Bella. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, she's agreed to come on. Uh, so, and talk about human design. Um, but uh, my costume profile is the five two. And so the five is the heretic, the two is the um, the natural, and the, the five is the conscious side, the two is the unconscious side. And so, um, we get this double projection field from both the five and the two creates a double projection field. And so basically what that means is like, we're constantly being projected on by, by outside people and we're interacting with it and helping create it. Just, there's nothing you can do about it. That's just how it is. Um, and so a lot of times a five, two tends to not want to engage because otherwise like we're either burned at the stake. If we do, deli- if we don't deliver on what people want from us or we're like, the Messiah when we deliver, right? And so that constant pressure and that constant projection field um, is exhausting. And so a lot of times uh, we retreat back inside ourselves and don't want to engage. And it tends to lead to, can it can tend to lead to a lack of purpose because it's like, no matter what I do, I'm, I'm you know, and so you just kind of just throw your hands up in the air. And I have definitely felt that in the past. Um, of just like, just not having purpose, you know what I mean? Mm, I just, yeah. yeah. So I guess what I- What do you I, feel like is your purpose? What is my purpose? Um, I think uh, this podcast is moving in the right direction. Mm. I also think that uh, the tax credits that I'm doing, I, I enjoy that as well. Um, but uh, I don't know. Well, maybe we'll find out in the past life regression stuff. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit more about what you do as far as the relationship coaching, intimacy coaching, um, mm-hmm. the, uh, the sacred sexuality? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I help both men and women, uh, typically high achieving people um, who's been focusing a lot on work and career or the business and now feel that, oh, <laughs> what about love connection? And they came, they come to this stage where they want like meaningful connections and they know that there's more to sex. You know, they started to explore a bit of Tantra. They're on a spiritual path. They're conscious and they want to really know what what else is possible for me you know like what am i missing out on where are my blind spots and they want to be the best version of themselves so um yeah i have a program um that i take them through and uh, it's really about connecting with yourself first (laughs) because if we're going to create amazing relationship with others we need to create really 
amazing relationships with ourselves. Um, so I help people really, yeah, connect to the purpose for sure and like stand strong in their, yeah, in their desires and boundaries and needs. And this is a very huge area that I work in. Like one past client I had, we focused almost our program on, on his boundaries and needs because he was in a place where um, he had, uh, he was married and they had openness in their relationships and he was trying to navigate that, you know, and he also had a lot of Mr. Nice Guy tendencies, like people pleasing. So the whole uh, program was very much focused on like have him aligning to his truth, his purpose, and like really stand strong in his boundaries. Like, no, this is how we're going to do it. Or no, I'm not, this is not okay for me, you know, in terms of housework or children or, and also like uh, helping him to tune into his more dominant a man in the bedroom like how could he actually show up like that man in the bedroom with his wife uh, when she was kind of dominant in the relationship otherwise so uh, I help people navigating this dynamics of polarity the feminine and the masculine but also really understand their own needs and so many times we're not even aware of what we want and what we need and what's important to us that's why people are jumping into new relationships making the same mistakes and this trauma bonds and um, uh, another client I work with, she was in a relationship and uh, I asked her to write down, what's your needs, you know, what, what do you, what's your needs in a relationship, what would feel good for you? And she was so hesitant to do this exercise, she just pushed it, pushed it, and then when she did it, she saw that, oh, I don't think I'm met in my current relationship, you know, like it's such an eye-opener to do this work. Uh, and then I also help people to like call in their the dream partner and manifest you know love and also um master sexual energy so sexual energy is also something i'm really passionate about and uh i could talk about this for hours i just launched a tiktok series about sexual energy like a yeah pretty pretty like a lot of views <laughs> uh, so check it out uh anna eden coach and uh sexual energy is so magical right because it's the life force energy so i work with my clients in different ways to really tap into their own sexual energy and be centered in themselves and starting to move their body and using their breath and and yeah embodying the highest version of themselves in different ways because what i also told you about my past it's like discovering that the body the body is the path so how to get in how to get out of your head and into the body is getting into the body so it's very very simple i talked to a friend about this last night he was like but what do you do with your clients so like yeah honestly it's very simple tools like getting into the body and as soon as we start to have embodiment practices in our lives we will notice that things will change and especially for these high achieving people who have their own businesses and who are always like on the run uh, one of my clients was like, I usually wake up and then I go like straight to work. I'm like, what? Okay, you don't have any time for yourself, for connection, for reflection, you know? So I work a lot with creating self-love habits for people that cool. are that's, that are like sustainable in a life that I can adopt. And um, and yeah, what else? <laughs> can, you us, can you give us some examples of that self-love? Yeah, so for example, it could be um, to have a morning practice, for example. So when you wake up in the morning, uh, it's good to do something for your mind and body and spirit. So what can you do for your mind? What can you do for your body? What can you do for your spirit? And really take the time and just be with yourself. And what I do personally, I get on my mat. I don't care like how I look, how I feel. I know that as, as soon as I get on a mat, everything will be fine and I will just do what's coming through. So it could be like moving my body, stretching, doing a little bit of yoga, doing like uh, breathing exercises and just letting uh, life force run through me basically. And sometimes it might just be crying. Sometimes it might just be sitting still. Um, so just have this practice yourself every morning and i i offer my clients like it's almost like a menu like this is my some ideas that you can choose from pick like what is what feels best for you and block this time for yourself because i think a lot of people today they feel disconnected and they feel like 
they're operating in the mind when it comes to dating and love and connection but if we're going to be really embodied uh, we need to start doing these practices with ourselves mm. and a part of this is also self-pleasure so i teach people how to uh, self-pleasure in a more conscious and intentional way uh, not to get off but like really connecting to your body in a deeper way and honor yourself. I told a client who I'm helping right now to get off porn and I gave him um, a challenge to, well, challenge. it was an exercise to honor himself every morning, like doing this morning practice and really have a moment to honor himself. We could be like, you know, just like uh, stroking your yourself, hugging yourself or, you know, give yourself loving touch or just like be with yourself, giving yourself three, five minutes. And he was like, this is so triggering. <laughs> it was so triggering for him because he's not used to it. He's not feeling worthy enough to give himself this time to honor himself, you know? Yeah. So um, have you heard yeah. of, uh, have you heard of Abhayanga? It's like, um, a, sure. So it's like you use um, oil, like I use coconut oil. Yeah. Um, it's a series of movements um, that were developed by like Indian yogis, basically. Mm -hmm. And you you like start at the top of your head and then you work down through the whole body. And it's like these things that you're doing that like help to move the energy. And right. it's like self-massage, basically. Mm. Um, like it's a way of like helping move the energy in a positive way to like get it more um, in harmony, basically. Yeah. And, I swear it, it, it works. It, I haven't done it in a while. You're reminding me and I, I, I'm, I'm definitely doing it tomorrow morning when I get up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful, right? Like we forget that, that this body is, uh, is precious and it speaks to us and it, it needs, it, it deserves attention as well. And yeah. I think, yeah, what's, what's really, um, <laughs> typical for me is that I don't like structure so much. Like I don't like so much like, oh, this technique or this, that, because I also learned so much through just exploring. So usually I'm just like intuitively following things, but um, yeah, sometimes it can also be useful to do like a guided breath work or guided, like how to, how to move on with things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and just trusting, you know, sometimes when I'm on math, I'm like doing like weird stuff and weird sound. I'm like, I don't even know, but this is like when we disconnect the mind and we just like let our body talk. And, you know, when we were kids, we we're like sitting doing like weird fucking stuff. Like, Bleh. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And it's the feminine, like, you know, before we start going through puberty, like boys are more feminine. Girls are always feminine, but like yeah. it's the feminine energy that like, yeah playfulness, the intuition. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so that's a big, the embodiment part is a big part. And then my clients really, um, yeah, things happen. Like they, they notice how they all of a sudden they get more clear with the boundaries, what they are yes to, what they're no to, and they feel good about themselves and they're not getting offended anymore. And they're like, huh, okay. This is, they feel more empowered. And uh, from this place, it's, you know, it's easy to relate. We can attract a dream partner easy because we know our worthiness and we also know what we are calling in and we feel good about ourselves. So uh, I'm not so much for teaching people like how to talk, how to chat with people or what to say to be like, that's not my jam. My jam is more like, okay, but how can you connect so deeply to yourself and love with yourself and feel empowered and feel life force in you that relating and love and sex like comes from a more embodied place and feels natural to you uh, but yeah with that being said i also i also have like a master class about how to pleasure god is in bed and you know tips about how how female sexuality works actually this is also a big uh, passion i have because so much lack of confidence in this area how the female body works and how female arousal works even for women so I also have a program for women called Sensual Awakening, which is like for women to really connect to their sensuality and sexuality and not only like straight to the genitals, but like yeah. the whole energy. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Like I, I've had experiences in the past with women and we weren't even necessarily dating. And they'll tell me like, you are more in tune with me and like 
touching my body the way that guys that I dated for years didn't do. Yeah. Like, man, that's so sad. Like it's sad for both parties. Like, yes. For the guy who like is missing out on that, you know, with all of his interactions, especially with a woman that you're with for a long period of time and you, and that never happens. Like, it's just crazy to me. And yeah. then it's obviously sad for the woman because she's not getting the, yeah, the, the type of love that she wants. So. Yeah. And, and what I think is the key there is like, I mean, we can only pleasure someone or like touch someone and lovingly the way we touch ourselves. So, you know, sometimes you can have this feeling when you people like they touch you in a way that you feel like it doesn't feel really good. It feels like they're nervous or it's like they're not confident. But, you know, if they are in tune with their own body and they're used to, you know, touch themselves and be in their body and like they will also touch you in a more loving, like embodied way. So I think the more we work on ourselves, the better lovers we can be. Uh, because I think sex nowadays is just we forget about the energy, we forget about the vulnerability, we forget about the connection and looking into each other's eyes and just being together. We go straight to, we do sex instead right. of like have sex, you know? Yeah. It's, we call it have sex, we don't call it do sex. We, we say have dinner, have sex, but we don't do, <laughs> do right. sex, do dinner. For sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, I feel like we've covered a decent amount of ground here. Are, are you, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's been great conversations. And yeah, I could talk about this for hours, of course. But uh, yeah, I think yeah. the feminine masculine energy and uh, yeah, um, today's world of <laughs> dating and intimacy. Uh, yeah. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? Mm, that I'd like to add. No, just, uh, yeah, I believe that we need to go back to, ba to the basics and like peel off all these layers of performance or how things should be or yeah, we really need to go back to the basics of what it is to be human and connect in that way and really see the divine masculine, divine feminine in each other. I think that's gonna, that helps us a lot to, to shift into a new way of relating a new way of living. So that's, that's really what I'm for. I, this podcast, I wanted to center it around self-development and uh, I, I like um, our discussion today because I feel like it's, at least giving people things to think about um, in order to create a more fulfilling life. Yeah. And to me, it starts like sex is the central point in that. <laughs> sexuality is a very central point. If you change your sexuality, you'll change your life. Yeah. That's, um, that's so I, uh, I'm going to put your info in the description of the podcast um, so that people can contact you if they're interested. Um, and I just want to say thank you very, very much for coming on the center. Yeah. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, we'll probably do it again in the future. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Thank you all for listening. This change in audio quality is because I've been going back and forth between my phone and my computer. I do have a microphone that I'm going to be using from now on. So it'll be a little more consistent. And I just wanted to tell you all thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this podcast. I hope you got something out of it and there's plenty more to come and I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day and thanks again. Take care.